it was really ironic the way it happened. I was here in the booth looking at the, the, the North Star canoes last year at Canucopia. And this old guy came up to me and started talking about the booths and everything and the, the boats. And, and I was trying to find somebody to sponsor my trip. He said, we can do it. And uh, finally, I, look, I kept seeing his name. It said Bell, Ted Bell. Finally, I got the nerve. I said, by any chance, are you kin to the folks that used to make the Bell canoes? He said, that's me. <laughs> I fell down and bowed to him. <laughs> what about his canoes? Yeah. Well, they, they, sponsored, they sponsored me. I'm a, I'm a product ambassador, still a product ambassador for, for North Star Canoes. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't say more for it. The boat service, the one I have, the, the Northwind Solo, was the boat that I chose out of all the canoes here on display at Canucopia. I chose that boat because I had other offers for sponsorship, mm -hmm. but I chose theirs as the boat that I would use to do the Guinness World Record paddle uh, last summer uh, on the Mississippi River, which I did uh, source to sea in 87 days at 87 years old and got the Guinness record now as the oldest person ever paddle in the Mississippi River source to sea. I'm Dale Sanders, call me Greybeard, and I am so proud to be a paddler of these North Star canoes. You're going to hear some familiar music. The WCIP Boundary Waters Podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, that first wilderness camping experience in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool, it was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. But you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars, I will set my sights by the northern star in the deep Welcome to episode 86 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. We're pseudo live at Canoe Copia. Yeah. Thank you, Hollis. I'm Matthew Baxley. I'm Joe Fredericks. Thanks for coming to our presentation. That's going to start our next episode of the podcast, which will come out this week. So we thought it'd be really cool to have you all be a part of it. So say hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Indeed, this is episode 86 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast, and that was recorded at Canucopia 2023 in Madison, Wisconsin. Matthew and I were so grateful to be back at Canucopia this year. Such a wonderful event as usual, huge turnout, lots of people that came up and talked to us at the booth at the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast booth, which was featured this year. We also did a presentation for the first time, Matthew and I, that was the very beginning of it. The theme of our presentation was about documenting your canoe country wilderness adventure. So maybe how to 
make a podcast, how to make a YouTube video, how to share the story of your trip with your friends and family or the public, whatever avenue you want to take. Essentially, just how to document and share what happens on your Boundary Waters trip or any type of outdoor recreation that you might get involved with and share that on a platform of some kind. Wonderful audience participation. We also had a guest appearance by Emily Burdett, who's been a contributor on the Boundary Waters podcast. Really appreciate Emily stepping up and helping us out with the presentation. And on this episode, we're going to weave in and out with various voices and stories, updates from Canucopia 2023. The event started this year on Friday the 10th in Madison at the Alliant Energy Center. Our presentation then was Saturday morning. We'll pick things up on day two with interviews, people we met throughout the day, throughout the weekend. And if you were one of those people that came up and said hi to us at the booth, thank you so much. We really appreciated all the engagement and feedback we heard from people who listened to the podcast. And if you just discovered the podcast at Canucopia, welcome. Here it is. So let's just jump right back in and find out what was happening at Canucopia 2023. Alright, we're here on day two at Canoe Copia, and we're chatting with, uh, what's your name? Maddie Stanberry. And uh, you're, this is your dad here? Brooke Stanberry, yep. Alright, so you told me that you come up to the Boundary Waters pretty often, it sounds like, and that you've been coming since you were five months old. Tell us about what you do in the Boundary Waters. Um, we do lots of different things up in the Boundary Waters. We focus mainly on fishing. We like to go up to Kwishwi, and we do walleye fishing on rapids. Lots of walking, day trips. So how old are you now? I'm 17. 17, and so you've been coming basically for 16 and a half, almost 17 years. And if you weren't coming with your folks or family, would you ever just go up by yourself? Oh, absolutely. I have... With your friends? Yeah. I've talked to lots of my friends, and we've had ideas of trips that we could take up, day trips and stuff like that. So where's home for you guys? We're from central Illinois. Yeah. Just north of Peoria. Yeah. So the Boundary Waters is a lot different than that. What What about you brings you up there? Uh, I've been coming up here with my parents for, for years. It's kind of a yearly tradition for us. Um, my dad also took, I started in the Boundary Waters in diapers also. So that's something I grew up with. Actually, my, my legal middle name is Ely. So. Oh, wow. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Geez, that's awesome. Yeah. Rumor so, has I was actually conceived in the Boundary Waters. So, so there's, <laughs> there's some history somewhere. there. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So uh, why five months old? Like, why was that important to introduce your your daughter at such a young age? It was just something that we did every year, and it was like, hey, we have kids. We're just going to incorporate them into our lives. You know, we're not going to stop this because we have children. So we packed in and packed out diapers, and she did a lot of crying the first couple days until she got settled in because she wasn't at home, but but we made it. (laughs) Wow. And are there other places around the country that are – as meaningful as the Boundary Waters, or is it mostly that that's the place where it, where it's important? It's just it's just that special place you can go and just disconnect. You know, you you leave your phones in the in the trucks and just kind of get back to that just natural routine of nature. You know, waking up and enjoying the sunrise and going fishing and just the sounds of nature that you just you miss throughout the year. So it's 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 special for us. Yeah. What about the rainy days and the bugs and all that stuff? Always on our last day packing out, we get dumped on with rain. It's tradition. It's tradition. 
Right. So are you coming up in 2023? You got some yeah. trips? Yeah, we got a, a, a permit for Mudrow Lake going in on, in July. So we, we got a week week plan this this summer. So yeah, we're looking okay. forward to it. Right. See you out there. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thank you. So I'm Eric Wickenkamp, and uh, this is our third year at Canoe Copia. And last year we came uh, as big fans of the podcast and we're walking out of here right about when it was going to close and saw the WTIP booth said Rusty there's the the WTIP booth so as we're walking by we're like who are those two dudes I got no idea who those guys are but then all of a sudden we heard them talk and we looked at each other like it was like a celebrity sighting it really was it was just like turn your head you hear the voice and it's like is it no really I know those guys I know them. <laughs> Great. So, I uh, started talking to Joe and Matthew, and uh, just had a great time talking with them. Good guys, uh, shooting the bull about the Boundary Waters. Uh, so we got we got chased out by security. Correct? Yeah, they were having none of us at that point. They no. they they'd come by probably two, three, four times. Like yeah, you got yeah. you guys got to go. It's after eight o'clock. And uh, finally, we relented. We, we decided to pack it up and go and, and not get ourselves in trouble or, or either Joe or Matthew, either one of them. And, uh, and, and so one, we left. And then one year passed. Yeah, one and year yet, goes by. Yeah, and you'd think we would have learned. But uh, this time we came, this year, uh, and definitely wanted to touch base with uh, Joe and Matthew. So uh, you'd think we'd go there a little earlier, but we did the same thing again. No, definitely not earlier. In fact, we arrived at the show probably later than we wanted to. And, uh, and so when we uh, got through looking through the, you know, the, the regular show and coming out, it was uh, you know, pushing the time limit on when they were going to start pushing us out anyways. And lo and behold, there we are again, same deal. Maybe the same lady coming through pushing us out. Um, quite possible and probable. Yeah. Yeah. The... We're, of course, we're talking because we all love the same place yeah. and sharing stories about the same place. So give us a couple of quick stories about your love of the place that we all talk about. Oh, my gosh. Favorite place in the world, the Boundary Waters. Um, it's been a family thing of ours for years. Actually, my wife turned me on to it because her family, have a, they've got a cabin um, up the Gunflint. And uh, she brought me up there, and uh, you know, I've always loved the outdoors. I had no idea about this place, and I had no idea that I could be um, so, uh, that there was a place that was as remote as that, where you really just felt engulfed in the outdoors. I didn't know I had anything like that within driving distance of Northern Illinois. And when I discovered it, I just absolutely fell in love. Um, so what turned from just summer trips to the cabin, actually it started by listening to your guys' podcasts because I didn't know how to go on a trip, on an overnight trip, really by myself. So by listening to you guys and kind of learning about it, that just solidified my love for it. And now it's like we got Rusty on board and we got other friends and uh, you, uh, Andy, who maybe you met tonight, he's coming, we're bringing up, him up there for the first time in the spring. And it's just, it's, it's just, an, just, a, pa- just a passion now. Rusty, what was it like going in, not knowing what you were really getting into? 
Um, actually, I've known what I'm getting into for a pretty long time. My first trips were in 1988 and 89. So How been, old were you? I was a Boy Scout. I was uh, probably 13 or 14 years old. And uh, so, yeah, I've, I've got a long-standing history. Um, I've got about a 10 to a dozen trips um, over the, that time period. Um, but more importantly, like, yeah, real big shot. How you can you give us any of that knowledge before we went. You didn't ask. Mm. Yeah. There's a lesson. It's kind of like fly fishing. You don't tell all your secrets up front. Mm. So, so anyways, the, uh, I think that's the one thing that I really like about or love about it is that we can come back after many, many years and talk about all the little details and you, and you tell stories as obviously we know about and, and you really share in that and be able to recall things and the, the amount of storytelling you do with it, sometimes they get embellished and, they, and they're, they're better than they were originally, but if that makes the memory better, then so be it, I'll take it. Um, because if you can relive that in any phase of your life at any given moment of your life, when you're going through your normal everyday life, it's something to always be looking forward to and, and being something to rely or fall back on as a concrete part of your life and your situation. No matter what it is, you always have that one thing. And as Eric said, the, the, the nature of it being wilderness, where it's as untouched as we're gonna be able to find in most instances, that in itself is, is concrete in a way that that artificial things will never be able to replace. Um, there's something so primal about being able to to share a story about something that has been happening maybe in human history for you know tens of thousands of years, but but at the same time, it's going to be you're living this in the moment now, and able to share it with people on a level that's everybody's different. Everybody's story is different, whatever. But the when you can sit and ride in a van on the way to Canucopia and, and all you're doing is you're telling every story that you've ever had together and you're reliving it, that part of it is just the the most concrete thing you can get from this. The, the amount of people at this show that are walking the, the convention halls and going to all the, the presentations, the, the number of people that go and do this and you realize Man, you're you're not even close to alone, and so you've got this this yeah. really cool dichotomy of you're going and talking about places like the Boundary Waters where it's wilderness and you want to be alone, and then you come here and there's the social aspect of everybody is there for the same reasons. They're doing the same things, and ironically, they all want to go be, be alone. Right. It's one of the it's it's one of the huge ironies of actually I said that on the radio this morning in my interview with Mark that it's ironic that we're here at the expo talking about the place that we go to get away from things like this expo yeah. Yeah. and but we all share that in common so it makes it really beautiful and it's you're we're all part of the same family in that yeah. regard and that's why we're standing here right yeah, now that's why like i think that's why when we met you guys last year like immediately it felt like we knew each other Absolutely. you know and then that's why they had to kick us out because yeah. we could, just could have talked forever okay one last question uh, so you came to our presentation this morning. Uh, any takeaways for anything you may do differently or something that was helpful from that? Uh, getting to have that sort of, yeah, that chat we all had. I think we, me personally, we, I think most people are pretty good about taking pictures. And I've got, I've got Google albums on Google albums of every trip we go on with pictures. And I do go back and look at them. But there's an aspect of the, 
of the story that's lost in a picture because you're not narrating um, the emotion of that. Yeah. You can try to recall that emotion, but but having an audio file or something that is uh, of a recording type base, uh, whether it's video or not, and having the audio file of the sounds and, and the, the inflection of voice and things like that, that I think that's going to be a big difference. I'm going to try to to do a little bit more audio work within that as part of that capturing whatever that story happens to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I saw your topic for the talk, I was like, eh, not really that interested. No offense. No, but because like I, to, like I told you earlier, like I don't ever tell anybody about anything that I do. And, and I don't know why. I, maybe I just keep that in. It's like such a special thing to me. And I feel like if I let it out, it's like it's not mine. So I take some pictures, but I don't, I don't really show them to anybody. I just go back and look at them like when I'm having a crummy day at work or something. And I go back to my happy place. But I went to your talk because it was you guys, because I love you guys. And, but listening to it, I was like, man, I, I do, like you said. Like, pictures are great, but what are you trying to do when you're looking back at those pictures? Like, bring up those emotions again, right? And, and it's, it's almost impossible. Um, so I just love the idea. What I took up from it is just, just the voice recordings, just, just kind of those times when you're sitting there and just talk to yourself about what you're feeling or what you're seeing and and I'm really excited to, to try that on this next trip and then go back and listen and see how that makes you feel yeah. you know does it enhance the experience yeah. in a different way that you would normally right. get just through visual stimulation exactly you know and I'll let my you know maybe show my kids pictures and listen to me at the same time and maybe they'll think it's super corny and ridiculous or maybe they'll it'll it'll be cool to them too either way it's uh i got a lot out of your talk and i'm glad i went to it not just because it was you guys but the, the topic and what you guys talked about was fantastic Canucopia here with Aubrey Helmuth Miller. I guess we can say the previous owner of Redbud Suds. Founder. I'm the, so yeah, the founder of Redbud Suds. That has a better ring to it. <laughs> How are you? What's going on at Canucopia? Uh, well, I'm doing great. Um, a little tired. I'm here with two kiddos on my own. Um, but I've been helping out with the Redbud Suds booth. The new owner, Lisa, is phenomenal. And it's really fun to see Redbud Suds carry on even beyond my ownership. Well, last we heard from you on the podcast, you were on, on Pine Lake and in the Boundary Waters. You had a bear come into your camp, and then you were pregnant at the time, too. So that's why you said you have two kiddos in tow today. Tell us about uh, who's with you today. So we have Soren, our three-year-old, three and three-quarters, as he says. And then we have Friedrich, who is now almost five months old. Hard to believe. Yeah. When's the next Boundary Waters trip? to be determined we probably won't go up this summer you told us or last we heard from you and clinton you were interested in some winter travel in the boundary waters where's that landing with you now here in march 23 it is still a thing of our dreams <laughs> um we are playing around with uh getting winter gear so yeah we're getting we're getting our ducks in a row and um yeah we'll see what next winter holds yeah. great okay well it's so nice to see it canoe copia aubrey this is where it all started between us and all of this uh, chatter with 
the podcast and Aubrey and the whole journey that we're on together. So great to see you again. It's so good to see you too. Well, it's about five minutes to the end of Saturday night here at Canoe Copia in Madison. And it's been a vibrant day, wouldn't you say? Day two. If I had to uh, summarize it, I would say there was just a lot of rich connection with people talking about specific episodes, specific stories from the podcast, people, and just a lot of uh, appreciation that people have been expressing, which just warms my heart to uh, such an extent that it's like I was not prepared for that kind of engagement with people, basically. Yeah, I think I said in our presentation this morning that this is the only time of the year where we get to actually see and talk to and hear from the folks that listen to the podcast. And that's just the folks that are here. And the overwhelming feeling of gratitude from folks for the podcast and their eagerness to share is actually overwhelmed me to to tears many times today not not like sob sob tears but like oh gosh emotion chokes you up and kind of takes some takes your breath away or you know makes you go whoa this is what it's all about and as you said uh we had a gentleman there's a booth right next to us from the coast guard i think uh, and he stopped by and said what the heck are you guys doing over here you know who are you guys because people generally approach our booth with a degree of enthusiasm and he he observed that at their booth next door and you said Matthew I think you said it best by saying it's not us it's the boundary waters that's what people are excited about sure this podcast and our stories and all that's part of it but it's really about the wilderness So in 2019, we were doing like a full house remodel on our house in Madison. Um, and we had been to the Boundary Waters in August of 2018. And we're just like, I, I was thinking about it ever since. And I somehow stumbled upon your podcast on Spotify. And so I just remember like really long nights of like stressing to like get this house done so we can move in before our rental lease was up. Um, and just listening. Because at that point you had like, I don't know, like 15 or so episodes. So we just like, I was just like binging them like setting up ceiling fans and like painting and just like super stressed but like my it took my mind to the boundary waters and so helped me get through that and then and then after that I started commuting to Janesville for work um which is long like 40 minute drives at a job that wasn't super great um but that was like 40 minutes going down to Janesville um it was super awesome to just be able to listen and feel like I was there and who are you uh my name is Alex Swenson um I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, and I'm Julia Carlson. Julia, uh, what do you think about the Boundary Waters? Um, I was never really into paddling before, but I always liked the outdoors. Boundary Waters is a favorite place to go. My favorite thing to do is to take naps on rocks. So that's what I do. You like it so much you're going to move closer? Right. We're moving to Duluth soon. So Because of the Boundary Waters? Part of the reason, yeah. Yeah, just the North Shore in general, and yeah, closer to the Boundary Waters. Yeah, holding a kayak paddle, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also looking forward to Lake Superior. 
kayakers too? Yeah. Um, well, not, not Julia so much. She's she's like canoe all the way, but I like doing both. Uh, you don't mind just sharing like two th- couple thoughts about the climate episode since that's what brought you and I together? Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly like not an expert in any of these topics, but I do own an electric vehicle. Um, I'm pretty passionate about like doing individually and through like policy like voting like doing whatever we can to mitigate these impacts um you know i was really glad on the episode you talked about how the boundary waters may transition into like an oak savanna but like 200 300 million people will be like suffering in other parts of the world so i think it is important to keep that in perspective because like i do worry about the boundary waters but like what we're going to be dealing with is like small change compared to what a lot of people will be so i think we have a moral like imperative to start moving on this and if people can use the boundary waters as more motivation like that's great like you want to keep your boreal forests like let's let's get to work hi this is mike blaisdell from rockford illinois this is jen blaisdell from rockford illinois and the best thing about the boundary waters is how tranquil you feel there and keeping it with you when you're home what about the time you had tears coming down here? Oh, yeah, that was the first time I went to the Boundary Waters, and I didn't know what to expect. And driving home, I just had tears running down my face just because I didn't want to leave and I wanted to go back. And it's an incredible place. And you've been back. And I've been back, and I will be back. there is magic on this planet, it is contained in water. Read from a bumper sticker at Canucopia 2023. The event is winding down. It's the last hour of the expo this year. We're going to have some time for a reflection on the drive back to Grand Marais that is coming up. And the sun just came out as we sat down to record the outros for this wonderful experience we've had here and for this episode i mean i probably am starting to be redundant here when i say that it is just so amazing to be around such a vibrant enthusiastic community that is so full of stories to share we met new friends reacquainted with old friends met other folks right in the middle of that who are just curious about the boundary waters. What is this thing? What's this map you have out here? Looking at it, seeing routes that they did from the 70s, 80s, last year, everywhere in between. The engagement about the boundary waters at this year's Canucopia has just exceeded everything. I remember a couple, the first time we were here, we had to, there was a lot of explaining about what the Boundary Waters is. I don't know if I've done that this year. I haven't had to explain to a single person what it is or where it is. Uh, Folks just seem to know. They know it and they either love it because they've been there or they know it because they're wanting to figure out how to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Darren Bush, Chloe from the canoe, Rutabaga Paddle Sports and Canoe Copia organizers. The event from our observations has been mostly seamless this year. 
just a lot of good flow of people. The weather even was not that great. And we've had some fairly significant snow events in Madison this year, but the place has been packed, and everybody's been seeming to have a good time. It has been really incredible, the uh, welcome uh, and the flow, like you said, Joe, but it's also been pretty just like a sort of seamless ebb and flow of humans like a tide right mm-hmm. you know tide comes in between speakers and we get folks that are just pouring all around and giddy with excitement and then off to the next the tide goes out and it just ebbs and flows all all the whole throughout the whole thing exactly it's a good way to put it and thanks to our sponsors for helping us get over here had a lot of support this year from businesses around the Boundary Waters who are supportive of the podcast. We wouldn't be able to be here without your support. So thanks to all of them. And thanks to everybody that came up to the booth this year and whose voice you heard on the podcast. I mean, we pull out this recording equipment, and it's people aren't expecting to come to Canoe Copia and be interviewed or share a story necessarily. Thanks to everybody for stepping up doing that. And uh, thanks to you, Matthew, for working hard on that slideshow presentation that we used during the Uh, our presentation about documenting your canoe country wilderness adventures and sharing that with people and the educational aspect seemed to really appeal to people the engagement of hey here's how you do this well you're welcome and thank you for getting us here tireless driving through all weather and once again we say goodbye to canoe copia to all our friends new and old as we point the car north start to drive get that stuff torn down what's the hold up over there come on you gotta have some organization around i got nothing left (laughs) nothing to sing when i paddle feeling not thinking if the strokes are true we're gonna get through to the other side out in the night, the waves beat the shore. You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar. Oh, roll me, rock me in my dreams. You can roll me, rock me in my dreams. So I like to sing, I love to dance. I play the fool if I got the chance. All around the campfire light. All around. Campfire light all round, all round, all round the campfire light. Thanks. I think we we're have out of to time. Be done according to timekeeper Dan. <laughs> they run a tight show around here. A little reminder: come to our booth or uh, come chat with us. And if you have stories to share, we'd love to record them for the podcast episode too. Let's give it up for Emily. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys. <laughs> <laughs>